Happy New Year. Welcome to Irresponsibly Powerless, a comic book discussion show where we'll be talking about the books that came out this week and last week and anything else that comes out along the way. We're going to be your hosts. My name is Eric. My name is Nick. Happy New Year. 2008, man. Where's my flying car? (sighs) I'm really disappointed. I expected at least space travel. We can't even get into space anymore, or we can't get to the moon at least. Not like, not like the moon changed. More uh, meteors hit it. It's craggier surfaces. Now with more crag. Whatever. Then it's just worse. Uh, I don't know. You, are you saying you wouldn't take a moon hike? A moon? Well, I haven't been there. We collectively as humans have. <laughs> but it would be pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. So, well, sign me up as long as it's free. Well, the year 2008 marks a noticeable lack in flying cars but it also means more irresponsibly powerless coming your way damn straight uh including a surprise perhaps for later on this episode oh yes please stay tuned but since uh i was a loser this is going to be a bit of an old and new episode uh we're gonna try to cover some of the books that came out last week as well as the books that came out this week. So we're going to have to kick it up a notch. I think that's where you're going with this, right? Kicking oh, it yes. up one notch. Just just one. Just we're not getting crazy. No, it's no. new year. It's not a new year. It's a millennium. Yeah, All right. We already got that. So without further ado, we're going to rapid fire through some badass comics from this week and last. Ready? All right. First up. Ultimate Spider-Man issue 117. What did you think in three words or less? Three words? <laughs> Damn it, that was three words! <laughs> <laughs> three words? Fuck! That's Eric's, okay. Okay, wait, my three words are... Uh, oh, I'm not even gonna bother. It was, it was, it was... No. It was pretty good, but it just wasn't, I don't know, standout-worthy. Really? I, I mean... I, I was actually just reading through the, the the last speech that Peter gives, and it's actually, I mean, it it sort of hits you a little bit more in there. Yeah, that's the part I want to say. Uh, the fight, fine, good, excellent, whatever, explosion. The, but, the, but the real crux of this issue, I feel, like the real, the part that, that gets you is, is the final two, uh, two pages. The final two pages are really heartbreaking in, in a lot of ways, and I feel... That they were handled really well. The rest of the comic was, eh. and I'm also kind of annoyed for because uh, uh, spoiler on this one, but Harry ends up dying. But Harry barely even features in this entire story arc, and he hasn't been around for a while. So it's just it's it's kind of sad that you know that they yeah. end up killing him off when he hasn't even gotten the spotlight for a long time. So that's what I got to say. Exactly, and it is ultimate, so he's probably going to stay dead, which is a little bit of a bummer. But anyway, yeah. so that's that comic. Yep. Rock. Sweet. Believe your name. Uh, Thor, number five, came out. I'm kind of disappointed because I got the variant edition cover. But uh, this book continues to impress, I have to say. Uh, they, they put a nice twist on it where apparently somebody's been scheming with Doctor Doom no. to, to get Thor to free some of the gods that he might not necessarily want to free, including Loki, who's now free, and also... A woman, apparently. But uh, it's good stuff. Right on. Keep reading. Excellent. 
We're going to keep it rolling. Uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four, issue 49, came out last week. It was the end of, uh, I'm going to say, a really weird arc. I didn't like this arc, uh, except for the talking bear, um, who gets a little more play in this one. But uh, what it does set up is an insane arc next time. Apparently, uh, Thanos is, I'm, I think, is back in it somehow, and he's used Reed to construct this badass cube that has encapsulated New York City. What? That's totally insane. And they just they just kind of, after this adventure, they do, the last two pages, they fly up to it. I don't know. It feels shoehorned and kind of weird, but we'll see where the next arc goes. Done. All right. Uh, Giant Size Avengers, one shot. It's uh, pretty much an annual for both of the Avengers titles. It's not very good, I got to say. Uh, it's a bunch of short stories that are all thrown together, written by different people and drawn by different people. Uh, encapsulated by this C.B. Sapolsky story uh, featuring the three Mighty Avengers girls, apparently just stripping down in every possible way. Awesome, but also not quite so awesome. Uh, the only really good story, I think, out of the entire bunch, uh, all of them are a little bit cheesy and just not very good, in my opinion, is uh, one called Emperor Nun and the Sky Full of Moons, <laughs> which features Spider-Man, Luke Cage, and Wolverine fighting this really goofy-looking guy with random powers. I don't know. It was fun. But all the rest, eh. And Silver Age stuff still apparently is not my thing, because I didn't even like those that they stuck in there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next up, New Warriors, issue 7. I'm... I don't know. This this issue was weird and strange, uh, kind of like the rest of the series. I'm still on the fence. I'm, I'm I'm about ready to jump off this title just due to its weirdness. And this one's like an extra helping of tits just like all over the place. <laughs> Ridiculous boobies. Everyone has like a... And you want to drop it? Uh, well, I said I'm thinking about dropping it. Tits figure into the equation. really shiny booty, which is odd. Yeah. Like yeah. metal shiny. Anyway, this was a... I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. Weird issue, weird comic. Done. Fair enough. Green Lantern, number 26, the first after the whole Sinestro Corps nonsense, um, featuring the Alpha Lanterns, which we don't get any information about. Apparently they have power batteries in their chests. Uh, they don't really feature into this whole issue. It's more of a wrap-up sort of thing, kind of like what the Green Lantern Corps one for the epilogue was, where they follow you know, the, the Green Lanterns in, of Earth as they sort of wrap up what happened with Sinestro Corps. And also features the Lost Lanterns as they murder a Sinestro Corps member, <laughs> which is pretty gnarly. Looks good. Right on. Finally, for me, uh, Marvel Zombies 2, issue 3 of 5 came out last week. It's, it's, it's still got my attention. Uh, Zombie-filled, uh, totally insane, has some zombie makeout with an old dude that was creepy, um, mm. and has a zombie Captain America in someone's body. I don't know, totally confusing, but um, interesting enough to keep me reading to at least the last two issues. Fun, good, wholesome zombie fun. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, as much as wholesome zombie fun can be. Yeah, pretty much. All right. And finally, Teen Titans number 54 came up. The wrap-up to Titans of Tomorrow today. Um, 
it was a, a fun sort of wrap up. It got me into Teen Titans. Like I said, this is my first arc, and it wrapped up pretty neatly with uh, some changes to the the character sort of dynamics. Apparently, Wonder Girl and Robin are making kissy face, and that changes the making future the somehow. And uh, a Sarah, Superboy uh, from the future gets shot in the chest by Batman from the future with a kryptonite bullet. Oh. Well, a, a bullet dipped in kryptonite. Dick move. Liquid kryptonite. Yes. Oh. Yet another reason why Batman wins out against Superman, which is bullshit in my opinion. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's, a, it's a good title to jump on, and it seems to be a good jumping on point for next issue. So, cool. There you have it. Damn, that was like... That was eight comics in eight minutes, I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm going to say that's about right. Or nine comics, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know. They were fast and furious. Son. It doesn't even matter. Well, like we said, 2008 brings all sorts of changes to the comic world and apparently the podcasting world as well. As we <laughs> blow the internet apart with a brand new <laughs> segment for our show. Since when are we the podcasting world? Uh, since I made us that. Oh, okay, okay. Just checking. Yeah, Did you kill our competitors. <laughs> Just like the Highlander, I killed them and absorbed their power. Can be only one. <laughs> That's right. About comic books. All right, our new segment. Hit or miss. Hit or miss. That's right. Hit or miss. Um. So basically, what this 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 new segment's going to boil down to is every week we're going to take what we feel is the most hyped issue that week, the big issue that came out that that everyone's trying to get you to buy, whether it's DC, Marvel, or otherwise. And we're both going to pick it up, and we're both going to tell you how much of a letdown it was, either not at all or <laughs> huge or negative letdown. Yes. So. This week's hit or miss issue was Ultimate Human issue one of four, and to be to be honest, I didn't even know what this was about before Eric told me, um, and before I got to the comic store, obviously. But, this um, week was honestly a little bit uh, a lamer week in comparison to last one, which just had all kinds of bombshells. Oh yeah, yeah. This week was a slow week, as is next week, but not nearly as slow as this week. Um, so yeah, but um, Ultimate Human basically is Hulk versus Iron Man, as I understand it, right? Yeah, it's like the Hulk versus Wolverine uh, series, which obviously didn't go very far. Oh, um, it's that only they're like, well, let's try it with Iron Man because he's pretty badass. So, what did you think of this first issue, my friend? Did you dig it? All right, I'm gonna have to say that. Out of my two options, this was a hit. It was there wasn't a massive amount of hype that was built around this. Um, it's not True. like Marvel was pushing it down your throat, but still, it was it was very intriguing. With Warren Ellis, Ellis uh, writing for it, and you've got some really decent art by Carrie Nord. Uh, I think mm. it's it's shaping up to be a really awesome four issues. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I liked a lot of aspects of it. I liked even the little, um, the little the subtitle kind of things. Oh like, yeah, I was gonna say that. I think that was really cool. I really dug that. Yeah, I like that. Even the ones that are just like you know, the, in the New Mexico section of the Chihuahuan Desert, um, still the least explored region of the continental United States, and I'm like, wow, that's cool. That's just and, um, yeah. I'm like, and it sets the scene, and it's like, 
I don't know. It was all it was all really pretty interesting. And uh, the one I have to complain about, I'm like, fine if you if you want to tell me who Hulk and Iron Man are, that's cool. Uh huh. But uh, don't treat me like a moron. I know what the fuck nanotechnology is. Like, yes. I mean, I think everyone who's reading this comic will know. Like, even if you handed it to someone who never read a comic in their life, like, nine out of ten people know what the fuck nanotechnology is. And if not, they need to go get a dictionary and not read it, like, at the bottom of the page. Yeah, I kind of feel like, well, obviously, right above that, it says Computronium. And it's like, all right, yeah. you you pulled that one out of your ass. Yeah, so, like, like, tell me what exist. that means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, nano. I, as soon as I saw that nanotechnology, I was like, all right, I got that. One. <laughs> Thank you. Not a dumbass here. Like, chill out. <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 a good sort of device to use, especially yeah, with no, Warren no. Ellis, because he tends to be very heavy on the you know hardcore science fiction sort of aspects of it. Yeah, and I was totally down with it for the um, – especially when it was describing what was happening to Bruce mm-hmm. in the, when he got changed the environment in the, in the like, dome to Venus or whatever. That uh-huh. was especially where it stood out as – obviously, this is where he wanted to make a, make a point of it. And then, and then the rest of the comic, it just kind of fit in well. Um, Other than that, I mean, I, I, I like how they're going to bring in the, the supervillain. Uh, a new ultimatized version of the leader. Yes. And, you know, like, it, obviously they're going to wail on each other for a while, Iron Man and Hulk, but then they're going to end up doing the team up at the end. So. Of course. I'm down for that. Yeah, it's an, it's an ultimate twist on the the regular formula for yeah. hero versus hero. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely going to be worth, especially with... I feel like four issues. It's definitely not trying to drag it on. You know, it's it's going to be Iron Man versus Hulk. That's what it is. So, yeah. you know, you're not going to make it a six or seven issues. Just make it long enough for the trade. Just make it four issues, short but sweet, yeah, and yeah, yeah. jam it full of awesomeness. Uh, I don't know. You honestly feel bad for Banner a lot in the Ultimate Universe, especially. Like, he, he is generally, like, a totally likable but, like, pitiable character at the same time that you're just kind of... Yeah, I always feel like it's always funny to see what everyone else's reaction to them are. Because, like, Tony is just like, what a whiny little baby. <laughs> you know, he just con- constantly yeah. makes little side comments about it. And that's what everybody does. And it's just like, dude, don't you feel bad for this guy? Yeah, it like, makes it worse. Especially, um, I feel, the way they handled whole Betty, uh, mm-hmm. Betty Ross, who is usually, like, the doting girlfriend. And it's an interesting twist on her, especially. Like, she does still care for him. And especially when the cameras aren't watching, she's she's very she's sympathetic and 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 it almost seems like they're in love. But when everyone's watching, you know, she has nothing to do with them. It's often like two faced and yeah, and and I she's mean the whole sleeping thing, with other people and like exactly who would date Hulk's ex girlfriend? That seems like a train wreck waiting to happen. Yeah, exactly. It's like she's not no. getting any play. I don't care how hot she is. Like, I don't have a stone balls for that. <laughs> yeah. You know that's going to bite you on the ass later. Like, how could that not? <laughs> he is one drunken night away from murdering you and everyone you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, hit for hit or miss this week. Moving on. Amazing Spider-Man 555, uh, 545 excuse me, uh, came out last week. Um, the, the part four of four of one more day and mm-hmm. next week, um, what is it? Brand new day Yep. is, uh, is coming out. 
And so, for those of you who've been keeping up with the issues, you know there's a whole devil deal going in the works. And, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that they want to reset Spider-Man, so of course the two of them take the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt it was handled really well. I mean, you bought this issue, right, Eric? Yeah, actually, I, I wanted to start up on Brand New Day, but somehow my comic store still snuck this one in on me. And, I mean, I'm glad, just to kind of get an idea of where it went. In terms of the actual deal, the thing that really sort of set me off about it, and I was just like, all right, I, I, I can see the whole marriage thing. But then they decided, like, let's just shoehorn a whole bunch of other shit in there, too. <laughs> where it's just like, yeah, um, you, you should get rid of his identity, too. And he's just like, fuck it, whatever, I'll throw it into your deal, too. <laughs> what else you want? You want web shooters? Fucking web shooters are in there, too. You're like, what? Really? And Harry's in there, too. Like... <laughs> Uh, th- that wasn't part of the whole fucking deal. Like, where did you even get that, Mephisto? You <laughs> douche. Like, Devil is a crazy cat. Devil is a crazy kooky cat. So I guess. And I, I, I don't know if you heard uh all the controversy surrounding this, but as as it's been going on from uh since last week, uh apparently, J. Michael Straczynski, when when they were ready to publish this fourth issue said that he wanted his name taken off of it. And Whoa, he posted really? this whole thing online where he was like, look, it wasn't my work and I didn't want it taken or you know, I didn't want to have my name on it. And they completely changed it from what I originally wanted to do. And so Joe Casada was publishing some an interview with uh, comic book resources where he responded to it and apparently Straczynski had this whole idea where he was going to take it into a completely different direction after the deal goes into place. And he was going to pretty much go back like to the double digit Amazing Spider-Man issues and take everything from like oh, one really? point on and change it completely. So that there was like a whole new timeline that he had constructed meticulously, so that it just would... start rewriting the timeline. Yeah, because he was like, "Check it out. We're going to take it from this point." And we're going to change everything after that. Hmm. And he was like, you know, I mean, it kind of makes sense on a certain level, although it's completely fucking insane. (laughs) But then they were like, well, we can't do that. And so um, apparently Joe Quesada and like all the editors and everything were like, all right, so we need to step in and completely rewrite this. And they're like, this is what you need to do, Joe. And so he he was a little bit upset about that because he was just like, look, this isn't even my work. Like. I don't really huh. want credit for it. And that's why on the credit page, um, he isn't the only one written as the the story. It, there's also right, Joe Quesada right. right next to him because he wanted kind of someone to share the blame. <laughs> well, I thought it was I thought it was fine. I mean, yeah, it was slightly shoehorned, um, but it was exactly what I expected. So yeah, I mean, I like this explanation way better than the Scarlet Spider explanation from, like, Avengers a couple issues back. I, I, I don't mind this. I mean, I guess I appreciate it for where it's going rather than how it's getting there. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, as long as it's not a train wreck of time-traveling, like, gypsy, like, aliens or something, I'm totally cool. Like, Yeah. Like, I mean, the devil, okay, whatever, I'm game, just because I want to kind of get, I want to, I want it as much as everyone to get back to Spider-Man classic, and I don't want to kill 
Mary Jane, and I don't want to like have them get a divorce or something wacky. Like, I mean, that would that would fuck up things so much more than the, what they're doing. That I'm just like, okay, I'm game, I'm in, and I'll, I'll give it so much more leeway. But that I'm also like a hardcore Spider-Man fan, so yeah, I don't know how much other people are willing to let it this kind of bullshit go. But, yeah, um, it would have been interesting, I guess, looking back on it to see what Straczynski would have thought. Like, I mean, because obviously other writers would jump in and like take their own take on it, just like there are now. So yeah. I think ultimately it wouldn't have mattered a whole lot, but. But it would have been interesting to see what he yeah what, where he would have gone with it if he had given he had been given free reign yeah I honestly I'm I'm most looking forward to when somebody comes along and is just like I we need to somehow figure out how we can get these crazy cats back together because like that whole the whole thing where Mary Jane's just like check it out like they the devil may be able to work his mojo but. We're tougher than that, and, and that that was that whole scene and everything. That was, I felt, the the most touching aspect of the whole storyline. Where it's just like, "Fuck yeah, you're right." Like, I want to see you guys get back together at some point, and so I'm I'm hoping that happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I hope they don't do it anytime soon. Well, yeah, then um, it would just completely and there's, make it pointless. But <laughs> and then there's this new blonde chick. Carly Cooper. Yeah, two new chicks, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. Whatever the hell the other girl's name is. But the Carly Cooper's all up on. She's wearing a tie, dude. And glasses. So hot. So hot. That's business hot. That's what that's called. It's perfect. Why don't these girls hit on me? I know. I know. They don't. It's because you don't have your your millionaire friend to introduce them them to (laughs) you. Damn it. Why aren't you a millionaire, Eric? I'm working at it, all right? I got some deals. Uh, I got some, some business deals. One of the things that I wanted to say about this, one of the funniest things I saw, because the art was, like, off and on, I felt for me. <laughs> one of the funniest things about this was uh, when, when Mephisto decides to get that little last jab in where he's just like, by the way, that girl that I, I showed you before, it was your daughter, and she'll never be, or I will never be. <laughs> And that panel where she says that, there, <laughs> she's got this face on that's just, it's priceless. Because so she's sad. just like, meh. Like, <laughs> I'm so sad. That plot twist was so crazy to me because, like, <laughs> he's like, see, fuck you. There's no daughter. And, and he's like, and then Peter gets super pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't understand why he was so pissed. It's like, it wasn't even, like, a fucking live person. And you realized this, like you had to realize this, right? Like you, like you, you were married to this woman. Like you had to realize that you were going to have children at some point. And now that you weren't married, there wouldn't be children <laughs> to this change. Like, like, right? Like, yeah, you would just, think so. But then he's just like, no. He's like, you bastard, you son of a. Ah, oh, kill you, and you're just like, whoa, chill out, son. Like, He's like, that's what you're most angry about. What about MJ, dude? Oh, uh, I don't know. This was a a very shaky issue, in my opinion. But I'm willing to take it to the next issue, which is which is what I'm really looking forward to. Oh so. yeah, this was the 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 bridge to get to the promised land. So, yes. So. All right, so uh, it's been two weeks. It's time for your Double Messiah Complex update. All right. So, okay. 
this just struck me, and I have to say it real quick. Uh, Uncanny X-Men issue 494 came out this week, and this is chapter 10. Uh, last week was X-Men two, 206, which was chapter 9. Uh, on the cover of this week's issue, it's got a, a, a shot of Beast, like, in the corner. And Beast looks really ridiculous in this, because he's got, like, pointy, like, devil ears, almost. I don't know what it is, but he doesn't look like Beast. That isn't Beast. That, that kind of annoys they me. They have always... They've been fucking with Beast's look for years now. Like, they started with this whole, like, cat thing, yeah. making him look more and more like a cat. And I was, I was like, that's retarded. Stop. Yeah. And then they, they apparently keep tweaking it in all kinds of goofy little ways. Um, the art on both of these issues, well, uh, on last week's issue, I guess it was it was the most noticeably detracting. Again, because, you know, just like I said, it's uh, Chris Bocello and his art just not so good anymore. Also, Tan's art on Uncanny X-Men, not the greatest. It's got that realistic sort of look, but I don't know. He's just... He doesn't quite have it in certain aspects. But in other ways, he's, he's got some really cool things that he throws in there. Um, like when Gambit and Bishop were fighting. Why? I will tell you. Maybe oh. in a second. Um, there's this shot of, of Gambit flipping a card. And you know how like a, a dealer will flip it? Not toss oh, yeah, it like yeah. Gambit usually does, but like when you when you've got an entire stack of cards and you bend it's it like so that you can shoot them. Yeah, he does that in this, and it's got this really cool like scene where you see the cards all unfolding in front of him. It looks really neat. I like that. Um, cool. But yeah, as the story goes for both of these chapters, starting with chapter nine, uh, so Cable was able to escape. And he's running around, apparently taking the baby south to, as we find out, apparently Forge's place because he's trying to find a time machine for some reason. Like he needs to get this baby out of time somehow. Okay. Um, meanwhile, build one? the X Men are getting back in action, and they're like, "Check it out! We've got Cerebro back. We're gonna start tracking down everybody and getting back into this business." Uh, X-Force comes back home and they're trying to like lick their wounds after Caliban gets horribly murdered. And uh, apparently Jamie Madrox and Layla in the future end up pretty obviously in Bishop's future because they get big old M's tattooed on their eyes. And uh, they're put in a mutant concentration camp, which continues on in Uncanny X-Men where they find a child Bishop, apparently. Uh, which is pretty important because it turns out there is a traitor amongst the X-Men, and it isn't Cable. It's Bishop, apparently, because Bishop's super important. He always gets dicked over with being, like, the much, much worse time traveler. He's he's the second-rate Cable, pretty much, apparently. And now he's... But uh, apparently he has to kill this baby. Because this baby presents some kind of problem to him for his his future timeline or something like that. And so he's about ready to cap the baby. When the Marauders jump out, led by Gambit, and they start wailing on him. And they own him pretty good. And steal the baby back. And so the X-Men gear up. And they're like, alright, we have to... Oh, and and Bishop lies through his teeth to the X-Men and says... Well, the Marauders jumped in as I was about to stop Cable after he'd already killed Forge, uh, because Bishop shot Forge as well. Surprise. No. And uh, and so the X Men still think they're on. Wait. He's on their side. Uh, 
Forge can't actually be dead, right? I don't know, actually. Uh, well, it, Cable was shot, too, but Cable just gets up and mans up, and he's fine. <laughs> and he escapes. And at the very end of this issue, Cable decides, I got no other course of action. And so he turns off some kind of little button, or he clicks something, and he calls up Professor X. And apparently Professor X and him are going to team up somehow. <laughs> so it's all kinds of nuts, but uh, it's 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 still going headstrong into the last three issues of this whole business. Oh man! And I I don't know where it's. It sounds like there's a lot left to do. Yeah, I mean I don't even know. Apparently, I, I I'm assuming what's going to happen is they're going to have a great big showdown with Sinister and Marauders, and who knows what's going to happen to the baby or to Cable or just anybody. Really, like I don't know what the fuck's going on. So, uh, another issue from last week, Avengers Initiative uh, issue eight came out. Um, in in what I'm calling is a generally pr- pretty solid series. I'd back you up. This on is that. another. This is yeah. This is another good uh, a good issue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was like uh, I personally really liked the. Uh, Everyone making fun of a uh, giant man in the, be- in the beginning. <laughs> oh, with uh, like Tony, Tony and, and, Reed. and Reed, and they're like, "Yeah, that's a great idea. Good job." And then, t- and then Reed's just so patronizing. He's like, "No, it's a fine idea, Hank. I'm sorry, I laughed. <laughs> I just, I'm just a little tired, <laughs> like, fucker." But I, he's he's so just chat upon in every possible way. And then it, it always turns out to be justified because yeah. they, they start off with this whole flashback where apparently just fucking everything's gone to crap and, or flash flash forward, I should say, where everything's just been destroyed at the base. And no one even knows what's going on. There. Just chaos. Yeah. Chaos. But yeah, I, the only thing I guess I, I don't really know anything about Ant-Man. But he's the <laughs> he's the thing that sticks out the most in this issue for me, and I. It, it just, this isn't really. <laughs> he pissed me off so much. This. Oh come on! You didn't like the "Oh, who's your daddy?" line as he humps the air and yes. nailed a chick with a fucking bus. <laughs> he's such a fucking asshole. He clocks. Classic. He clocks the fucking young Avenger, giant girl, whatever her name is, stature. Clocks her with a fucking bus, <laughs> dude. She started it. She started after it. he insulted her dead dad. She overreacted. <laughs> I, just, I love that panel where he just fucking creams her. Oh yeah, <laughs> your daddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I don't know about Taskmaster. I don't know anything about this dude, but. Dude seems creepy as shit. Like, I'm sorry. Man has a skeleton zombie Dracula face or something. I do not trust him. You do not have him train anybody. That man is crazy. This is not a good idea at all. That's that's not going anywhere good. Fucker cannot look like goddamn Golem and get away with this shit. <laughs> Although what I did like was when uh, Ant-Man's telling him all this like fake shit about uh, the other the other Ant-Man. <laughs> and Taskmaster's response is, ha, wait till I tell the guys. What guys is he going to tell? 
Like he hangs out with all the other villains, man. Where oh, he's got he's in the fucking initiative now. <laughs> he's watched twenty four seven. It's like he's got a poker game with all the other super villains. Like they wouldn't well, trust that. All the other that. super villains have nanobots in them too. Yeah, but they aren't just gonna let them get together and plot how no, to get the nanobots. Every, taken, every, every weekend they hang out. They, I guess <laughs> they have a a stitch and ditch club. But yeah. What was also crazy was the lizard human paraplegic sex. <laughs> that was uh, disturbing. It's got a little bit of everything for everyone, you know. But that it's still it's still a really good title. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ant Man is a little out, more out of control in this one than he usually is. <laughs> but he got he kind of got I feel he got kind of caught up in the moment. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Um, Ant-Man is generally a good guy. I hope they don't turn him into just this horrible ass. <laughs> well, it's the same guy that's writing him, so I assume he's going to rein it no, in. No, it was, it was uh, Kirkman before. Oh, was it really? It was. Oh, I thought it was yeah, Slot. Kirkman wrote Irredeemable. Oh, shit. So, well, he's probably just going to be a huge asshole then. <laughs> yeah, it's what I'm kind of afraid of. So yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll stay tuned. He might just blend in the background, too, which would also be a shame. But, yeah. Fair enough. Or he might call clock more women. (laughs) (laughs) You know, whatever works. (laughs) Just punching teenage girls left and right. (laughs) Straight up. (laughs) Fighting crime one teenage girl at a time. That's right. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. All right. So uh, another issue I wanted to touch on. Uh, not too much, is Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out, number 10, which starts a new... I guess this isn't a new arc. This is kind of just a single issue sort of thing. But Joss Whedon's back writing on it. This was the first issue out of this this new series that I felt kind of let down. It, it, it didn't let down a lot, but it just definitely wasn't up to the same standards that it, it had set with the previous issues. Uh, it was it was a little bit confusing, and there was a lot of what I felt like really out of character moments. They, they they did this whole jump ahead thing where Buffy's leading the army and all this and that, and so obviously things have changed. But Buffy and Willow they they go and meet up with this like super demon sort of dude uh, who looks goofy as fuck, by the way. <laughs> He's got, like, these four faces that are attached to, like, a tentacle thing. And, like, each face has a different emotion on it. But, it, I don't know, Ugh, it looks really cheesy. That's annoying. And apparently what this demon does is just, like, everybody lies. Lies everywhere. And they're like, we don't lie to each other. And apparently they do. Because Buffy robbed an entire Swiss bank along with a bunch of other slayers. <laughs> she fucking broke into a safe and just robbed the shit out of that place. And then she was like, but it's cool because they were insured and we needed the money. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, Buffy wouldn't fucking do that. Like, And then, apparently, Willow went off and had hot lesbian sex with some uh, kind of yeah. crazy demon lady. Perfect. Who wouldn't? Yeah, I, I just like, why the fuck did you even do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I, it, things couldn't have changed that drastically that, that they act so out of character. And so, like, the whole point of this was at the very end of it, Willow and Buffy walk away from each other in, like, separate directions. 
sense. There's obviously been some kind of rift created. But it's like, otherwise, it, it was just kind of a eh, sort of issue. And it, it didn't quite connect with anything else either. And I mean, it's it's sort of continuing on with the storyline and trying to progress it to the next stage. But it just, it felt like that's what its whole purpose was, was to get them from point A to point B so that they could, you know, tell the next part of the story. I see. So it was a, a little bit of a letdown. Not as much as I guess I, I let out. Still not the greatest. Captain America, issue 33. The the very next issue, we will get a new Captain America. And this and, one, we get a new Captain America. Well, not technically. Not yet. Yeah, I guess. I guess. He, hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't put on the suit yet. Yeah. But, um... So, oh, wait, I actually, I wanted to ask you real quick just on that. Did you see that one coming? Yeah, I guess. I didn't want it to be coming, but yeah. you told me. I mean, you said so, but they said they weren't, and it was a lie. It was, but... This is bullshit. It's better than them just being like, yeah, you got us. <laughs> Surprise is ruined. Like, what uh, else do you say when somebody says that? It's a storyline that you've been working on, like... You know, since issue one of the new capsule. I don't know. You could just do. You'll have to wait and see or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how. But then that's a, that's that's just admitting it. It's just like, yep. No, no, it's definitely not that. You're full of shit. I'm sorry. You're a liar. <laughs> you're just like, oh well, okay, never mind. I guess I'll. Sorry, and you're like, you're fucking right. You're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're just lying the whole time. You're just a dick. Um. Anyway. I, I I loved all I loved almost every moment of this comic. I loved the first conversation between Faust and Red Skull, where they <laughs> talk about killing each other. And I love how in the end, Red Skull does technically kill himself because he just he just kills Lucan. He's like, "Yep, <laughs> get me in another body and get rid of this slub." Like, because Red Skull's harsh like that. He is. It's it, this is. I mean, I. The Red Skull was always supposed to be a badass, but I didn't realize how badass he was until I started reading this series. Like, I want to go back and yeah, see he's... if that's how Red Skull is. No, he is. He's fucking, he's a clever motherfucker. He's constant, like, because he doesn't have anything on Captain America. Like, Captain America beats his ass, like, consistently. Mm-hmm. But, like, Red Skull is, like, he's an in-shape dude and a rad spy. Like, he's just always, like, wily as shit and, like, has good allegiances and super clever. Like it's the only way he can even have a chance against Captain America is to be like wicked clever. Well, apparently he had more than a chance. He had a fucking bullet through. Yeah, his his ultimate plan was shoot him in his head. Right? <laughs> yes, like, I mean uh, he's like, why didn't I do this years ago? <laughs> but it was shoot him, shoot him in the head with his girlfriend. Yeah, but he's like, I had a whole war to do this in. Yeah. <laughs> Guns everywhere. <laughs> Sit him with a fucking tank. Whatever. Oh, God. Uh, well, at least he's get it now. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, this comic is, again, just this nonstop awesome. Bucky, they capture him, and you're like, you're getting out, aren't you, Bucky? And not, it's like three pages in. Bucky's out. <laughs> Bucky's gone. All right, we're going to have to have the argument, though. Dude, there's no argument. There, wrong. <laughs> that that arm flying off the table, 
was a little bit too much. It was a little, it was a little much. No way. Not, not, not a lot much. It wasn't just like, oh, fuck this. It was just like, (laughs) all right, that, that, that that was a little bit too far, but whatever. Just turn to the next page. It didn't defy physics or anything. It just kind of like nunchucked its way across. (laughs) (laughs) But look look at that panel. Just, just, just take, take a gander at that panel where it just goes like, and it knocks that guy across the face. It like jumped off the table. It like pushed it Itself off. It's an arm. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine for a second you have a metal arm. But it's it's metal. not it's not me having a metal arm. It's just the metal arm. Like the metal arm can still crunch its bicep. Like it can still crunch in and then explode <laughs> out. I want to see you cut your arm off and prove this to me. Uh, if I can have bionic <laughs> arm, I will hacksaw my own arm off right now. With the only anesthetic being a, a bottle of water. <laughs> If I can get a giant metal arm, fuck. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so we're 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 agreeing that I'm right, right? Like, uh, we're agreeing to go on. Uh, anyway, guess. so Bucky busts the fuck out, and then you're just like, you knew the minute Iron Man put on his suit, you're like, you're done, son. <laughs> this is over. Like. <laughs> And Bucky wails on him too. I mean, Bucky wails. even Captain America didn't take on Iron Man like just full on, like you know. Like he even even after his initial plan of EMP blast uh, fails, he's still like, whatever, punch, punch again, <laughs> tackle you, grab your face. Just like... <laughs> and I mean, he, he gets there. I mean, you know, he and Iron Man have their own little draw at the end, but no, you're like, Bucky, it was that, that's a, a win there for you, if sir. If Bucky had wanted to, he could have shot him before he had a chance. Bucky wins. That's Bucky what matters. Point Bucky. <laughs> Bucky's got a lot of points at this point. <laughs> and, of course, Bucky's the next uh, Captain America. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. I have faith. Um, I have faith. The rest of this has been so good. I mean, uh, he's not going to drop the ball there. <laughs> I like that his proviso is that he's going to make sure that no one has any more whammies on him. <laughs> there's, <laughs> yes. no more, there's no more Sputniks in his head. Yeah, no more of this bullshit code. I can only imagine that, that that just entails a dude with like a dictionary. <laughs> just being like, Sitting there just going through them. Mango. Any man- mangoes. No, okay. Mango check. Mango. <laughs> but then you don't know what the code word's going to do even. <laughs> you just have the arm explode yeah, that's a brave, off. Of that's a brave man. That's a brave man who tests him. <laughs> the arm just comes spinning off of him again. Or, it's, or it sets Bucky into a murderous rage. Like, yeah. Or it just causes his head to explode. God knows. And Bucky is the perfect man to be Captain America with a gun. Yes. <laughs> And he's got a metal arm, too. I was just like, yeah. Captain America now has a metal arm. How badass is that? <laughs> but then again, I guess it, at this point now, he isn't a super soldier. He just has the metal arm. Well, he's pretty super. I mean, you know, he's like, he's a badass dude, Die. but he's not like, he doesn't have the Die. super soldier serum. Yeah, but, but I view Bucky as the peak of humanity just on his own. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just worked out a lot. Like, <laughs> he's, he's everything good about humanity. He is. Everything awesome. Yes. Not necessarily good. But. Yeah. So Northlanders issue number two came out. The uh, Brian Wood, David 
Ian Philippe uh, series all about Vikings and badassery. Um, <laughs> so, the first issue w- was really good, but uh, as we like to say, the first issues are always pretty easy to get right. You know, you, you really have to wait until yeah. the second or third issue to, to get a feel for the series. At the same time, if it's a shitty issue, you can all they can. There's always time to recover too. Yeah, that's true. Although I, I find that's uh, sort of the against the norm. True. That. But this one anyway, definitely keeps it up. It's it's still got some awesome art and just great sort of cinematography uh, to the to the whole thing. Uh, it cuts around a lot as it follows Sven as he's he's attempting to not really get his inheritance back, but just to sort of grab it, grab the money and run. But it's it's got some some really cool sort of aspects to it. Like uh he's going around trying to find some allies so that he can he can get some people together and, and imitate his uncle just enough that he can he can get something out of the deal and go back to the civilized world. Uh and meanwhile he runs into some old sort of neighbors of his where they're trying to, to tell him that, look, you, you think you're going to get out of here, but in the end, you're going to come back and you're going to save him. Which everybody expects to happen. Uh, he, he kills a man, <laughs> and then he has sex with a, a sexy lady. Good. And he also breaks a, another sexy lady's Oh. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's really cool. It's It's got a... Again, it's got a cool sort of Viking feel to it. It's it's, it's a grim and gritty sort of uh, series, and it's got just enough of a modern spin on it to make it appeal a little bit more to to current audience. So, uh, I, it's only the second issue. So, if if it sounds like something that you would enjoy, and uh, I think you should head out and grab the first issue and the second one and, and just get caught up real quick because I think this issue's I mean this this series is going to take off. Right on. Well, to wrap up the week, I got Ultimate Power issue 9 of 9 it came out last week. I, I the the conclusion's really good. I don't want to give away too much, but uh it definitely rewards people who have a who have a have a good uh comic knowledge, especially with Squadron Supreme and and some of these alternate versions that have come into play, but uh, the whole thing comes down to it, and just as just as I suspected, they end up leaving Fury in the alternate world here to uh, to face his crimes. And uh, interestingly, though, Hyperion doesn't come. Uh, Hyperion's girlfriend Zarda uh, comes, who I don't know a ton about, but she is some sort of goddess um, or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was a good conclusion. <clears throat> um, it had some really cool moments, uh, especially it had some touching stuff with Thing and uh, Reed Richards and stuff. Um, again, at the end, talking about Reed promising to make him better and and Thing trying to pretend it's okay, but really not. You know, it's uh, that that whole storyline has always been is solid and really, t- I mean, touching in a way, and has. Tony Stark being a perv, like as always, but uh, owning up to it, and has some, it just had some really off the cuff conversation between him and Cap that I really liked. 
Uh, one thing I'm going to say I don't dig is, um, so, okay, so Zarda, or, yeah, Zarda is, uh, is the one coming over to keep an eye on Earth or something, like, to check out the Ultimates universe to make sure they don't make no move against us. Uh-huh. But the part I really didn't like was the very next page has, like, this gnarly, hardcore makeout session between Zarda, Zarda and, and a Hyperion, and it's like, I mean, it's, uh, it's uncomfortably graphic for like kids i mean it's i guess it's a teen issue but even i was like whoa like if you saw two people doing this in the park you'd be like whoa get a room buddy like but yeah solid 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 uh arc cool issue uh got rid of fury kind of ballsy but um we'll see how that works out i'm sure he'll come back soon all right um to to go ahead and wrap up with our hurt week's comic the, the ones I've been picking up. Um, we've got Teen Titans Year One, issue number one coming out this uh, this week. Uh, one of six, just like I guess all the Year Ones are aiming uh-huh. to be. This one, I'm not gonna say too much on. I, I think I didn't quite get it. Uh, it's written by Amy Wolfram, and I mean, from what I had heard of this, it, it was kind of lauded as a, a sort of classic Teen Titans story. That effect. And I think that's that's where I kind of fall short, because like I said, I, I'm not a Teen Titans fanatic of any sort. I just jumped out of the way. So I just it felt like I, I didn't quite get it. I don't know if it's it's necessarily because this issue wasn't that great. Maybe or, an insider sort of thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I think it's, if, if you were a Teen Titans fan, you might enjoy it. But I don't know. And maybe, maybe that's not true. Maybe it just wasn't. That but there, there was always something that wasn't in there. You gonna stick with it? Um, I don't think so. I think one, the first issue is, is plenty. Uh, one of the things about this though, and the art is, is pretty interesting. It's very digital. Uh, especially into coloring, but uh, also in just like a lot of the background, a lot of a lot of aspects of it. Um, but it's it's got a very interesting cartoony sort of look to the character, and one of the problems with that is it becomes very uncomfortable when you have multiple aspects of all the different <laughs> Teen Titans because all of them are made to look like very cartoony, scrawny sort of kids, like. You know, they're supposed to be actual kids. And so you got, you know, Robin running around in his, like, green briefs, like he normally does. And especially Wonder Girl uh, running around in her regular suit is just a little bit creepy. It was like, <laughs> you know, prepubescent girl, like, walking around Times Square in, like, a swimsuit. And, and then you get the ass shot. <laughs> and it's just it's 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 just kind of creepy. It just, but I I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm probably not gonna stick with it. All right, so that that wraps up our uh, our regular sort of review of the books, both present and past. Um, now to our regular segments. Um, my random pick actually is from last week, but I still think it, it deserves notice. It's something that you guys can definitely run out and still pick up if there's still issues floating around. I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if it's getting sold out. Uh, and that is Jonathan Hickman's Pax Romana, 
uh, issue one of four. Uh, now, Jonathan Hickman was the one that did Nightly News, which was a breakout hit for him, being his first project. Uh, it was published by Image. It was all about these this cult that's trying to assassinate major media figures. It was a, a pretty controversial sort of issue, especially, you know, with actual assassinations taking place of characters that look very similar to real media figures. Oh, huh, uh, crazy. Yeah, the, but one of, one of the things that really sort of distinguished him was he had a very interesting artistic style. Like he was a uh, graphic designer. So a lot of it, or all of his page layout looked very reminiscent of that sort of thing. You know, you've got that sort of thing carried on with Pax Romana, although it starts to be a little bit more like a traditional comic book where it starts to have regular panels that are integrated into his, his interesting sort of style. It's very stylish to me. Um, this actual story is a pretty interesting one, although it starts off pretty muddled. I'm not, still not quite so sure about that beginning. It's, it's a very slow one because he drops you right into this futuristic sort of world where there's like a genetically engineered pope. Because why the hell not? Again, he jumps in and he's just like, fuck it, I'm going to be super controversial and <laughs> just start wailing on the Catholic Church, apparently. It goes from there to describe how apparently in not too far of a future from us, the church is kind of failing and, uh, the, or Islam is sort of taking over as, as the major religion of the world. And so these two scientists one day happen upon, uh, kind of by accident, a way to travel back to time. And okay. so the church immediately jumps on and is just like, all right, we're going to cover this up and we're going to use it for our own means. And they eventually come to the decision that what they need to do is they need to go back, like not as far back as Jesus. I think that's that religious. <laughs> but they need to go back to a period in time where they create, correct some of their mistakes and make it so that the church is still a, like a driving force. And so they decide that what they need to do is create like this military force to, to go back in time along with, you know, guidance from this bishop who goes back in time along with them. And they're going to go back to the, the Holy Roman Empire and they're con- going to consolidate power with them and help guide them and civilize them. Way cool. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's such a brilliant sort of idea to start off with. And of course, immediately everything just starts going to shit. Right at the very end, um, the bishop sort of describes what his plan's going to be. So he's giving a, a pep talk to all the soldiers as they're about ready to roll out. And then immediately, like right in the middle of his speech, he just gets four bullets. Like, and uh, his sort of military commander guy, like when he flipped the page, is just standing there with like a smoking gun. He's just like, we've got something a bit more ambitious. And then you're like, oh, crap, what are they going to do? <laughs> and it's just, I, I mean, already off the rails. It's it's <laughs> such a creative idea. And who knows where the hell it's going. That seems awesome. I got to go pick that up. Yeah, it's I, I, I would totally recommend it. And while you're there, I mean, if you want, pick up uh, the trade for nightly news because it is so rare. Right and I was just looking at uh, some comic book resources, uh, wrap-ups for the year. 
and apparently everybody's putting it as their number one comic for the year. The comic wow. Series. Right on. Sounds like a good random pick, dude. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I knew I was going to be picking this up after I read Night. Look out for him. Right on. All right. Well, that brings us to my bullshit moment of the week. Uh, I guess technically of last week. Because I'm calling bullshit on uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four, issue 49. <laughs> All right. So here's the gig. It's a pretty lame comic um, arc in general. But the only awesome part of this comic is a talking bear named Mishra, who is the most empathetic awesomest bear ever like this is this is what you care about in the fucking arc like i don't care if they make it out if i I know sue's gonna be fine but the bear the bear's up in the air um so in this comic the bear actually helps uh sue he she the uh, the bear kills some rabid monkeys um and the bear's like we gotta go and sue's like okay sue's not thrown at all um, so they're cruising out and, and Sue, and, and you see the bear, you see the bear in this last frame kind of cowering in front of the horrible monster that Sue's about to lay the smack down on. And so Sue kills this monster or disables it. You don't really know. Mm-hmm. And then, um, all these robotic suits that are like the Crimson Dynamo, but upgraded are, are set to blow up. So Sue quickly throws a shield up. Um, that covers them, and the, you see this big, far-off, like zoom-out panel of 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 just the little bubble with a bunch of silhouettes inside. You can't even really see anyone, but you're like, the bear could be in there, so the bear's not dead, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And then you see them in this huge crater in the middle of Siberia, and then you're, but then the very next frame, it's the Crimson Dynamo like hovering in air and talking to everyone in the Fantastic Car. And there's no bear. There's no bear in the Fantastic Car. There's no bear on the ground. They don't talk about the bear again. Like, it was a talking, thinking bear, and it was awesome. And they just left it. You don't know if the bear's live, dead, run away, whatever. Like, I guess you can assume that it's okay, but it's bullshit that they didn't, like, fucking pick that thread up and, like, make sure the bear got out okay. There's just no conclusion. There's nothing. There's no, You don't even hear about the bear. They just fly back to New York and see the giant cube thing. They don't even... No one cares about the bear. God, I'm Obviously. so worried. I'm just going to assume the bear got out okay. Uh, so, yeah. I, it's just maddening. Anyway, so that's our first show, our first show of 2008. So it's clearly uh, a really step above what we've been normally doing. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> No, no, no more of that bullshit. We're, we're serious now, so we're professionals. But blood, sweat, and tears. As baby. always, there's lots of ways to get in touch with us. Um, irresponsiblypowerless.blogspot.com. Still our website. Still the place to go for the direct feed. Still the place to go to leave comments. Still the place to go for it's your, it's your number one source for everything irresponsibly powerless. There's our Gmail account, irresponsiblypowerless at gmail.com. You can email us direct. And there's also us on MySpace, irresponsiblypowerless. Just search us. We're there. Until next week, as always, I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And together, we're irresponsibly powerless. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Have a good week. Peace.
Straight up. What a fighting crime one teenage girl at a time. That's business hot. That's what that's called. Mango? Mango. And he make mangoes. No, okay, mango check.